1: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. By this weekend at the Laugh Shop at the Blackfoot Inn, someone who's been doing stand-up comedy for more than 30 years now, in between, had a stint as a MTV VJ, and became big enough as a VJ That it uh, springboarded him into a uh, film career. Films like Encino Man, Son-in-Law, Jury Duty, In the Army Now, Polly Shore had a string of hits uh, in the 1990s. And then kind of seemed to go away, but never stopped doing stand-up comedy. And uh, as mentioned, he's at the Laugh Shop at the Blackfoot Inn this weekend, and he is in studio with us here, more at polyshore.com. Polly, how you doing? Thanks so much for coming in. How did your
0: voice change, dude? When we were having donuts, you sounded like you're an African-American, and now you come in here, you <laughs> really? sound like you're Caucasian. I, I like, can't it's explain It's kind of like, you know I, what I mean? It's like the the you're fake, dude. You should tell your callers you're not, you're <laughs> not like real. You're not authentic, dude. You're not like an authentic Canadian. I try, Look at You know what I mean <laughs> Right Colin right Don't you think Colin think Colin's a big fan Of your shows I by just, the...
1: And he just threw me Under the bus said, No oh I'm God. just kidding <laughs> Thanks for having me I'm just kidding
0: How you doing And thank you so much For the donut
1: Yeah you came on a good day It's yeah. donut day
0: It's kind of like uh, You know Going to LA And getting like An alfalfa sandwich You know what I mean <laughs> yeah, right. You come to Canada You get a
1: what A donut Tim You get Morty's a donut, donut. That's yeah. what it is I was just in LA I was just down in Disneyland With the family Oh wow Yeah did L.A. still home for you? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I feel like you're my doctor or something.
1: <laughs> okay. like
0: he's going to interview me like, so, Mr. Shaw, we just got your results back in. <laughs> uh, it doesn't look, dude. Are you sitting down?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I live out there, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because before the MTV, before the movies, mm. before it all, you started out as a, a stand-up,
0: right? Yeah, When I, was, I started when I was 17, yeah. Yeah, when I was 17, uh, my dad and my mom and... Who was raised into it, into it, so yeah We had another much. young
1: comedian in here
0: a few weeks ago. am I a young comedian? I just turned fifty
1: yeah, yeah. sure,
0: kind of crusty dude Matt, what are you doing with the donut, bro? those are the Reese's <laughs> pieces
1: donuts and he this this young guy, Taylor Williamson, was his name, and he talked about playing the clubs in l a and this was just a few days after Mitzi had passed away. Mm. And, you know, her name came up in in the club, and and he was going on about how legendary she was and what a difference she made for his career. Mm. And there are numerous comedians who would would tell the same story. This was your mom. Yeah. was a comedy legend, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, she started it. I mean it's kind of like um i don't know right place at the right time right person at the right time every all her stuff lined up uh she um my dad and her got the club in 72 and then she got the club and she just found her her her, her niche which was developing and honing and helping and putting a roof over comedians heads and you know she she loved comedians and they loved her and you know and it was like a i mean the comedy store is a co- still an artist colony even though it's a business but it's yeah. a place to develop and she kind of set that whole thing up for them so when she passed you know it was a big deal for everyone because yeah, you know you know it's like you know, I mean, all the legends are going. I mean, look at you know. I mean, you just. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to put Bill Cosby in the same sentence as my mom, but <laughs> you, you, I mean, let's be honest. Like Bill Cosby, when we all grew up, he was like we all looked up to him, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and For now sure. he's going to jail, and it's just kind of like it's weird. Like this, there's. I'd say like in you know thirty to forty years, there's going to be a whole new world, and it's just going to be like life. We just keep moving. Well,
1: that's so that's you what you know? grew up around. Though you grew up around comedians. Yeah, So you knew it was what you wanted to do.
0: Um, well, I have two brothers and a sister, and they're not in the business, so it's one of those things that it just, it hit me at a very young age, the comedy bug, and it was one of those things that uh, I just, I don't know, it was just, it was in me, and and... You know, I when I was 11 years old, I had comedians at the house and I would go downstairs and tell jokes. And it was just kind of like one of those things that, uh, you know, when the SAT papers were coming to the back of the class, it was right. like, all right, now it's time to do stand up. So my dad took me to my first gig when I was 17 and I've been doing it ever since. So. So how did MTV happen? Um, Right place at the right time. MTV needed me. I needed them. MTV was East Coast, I was West Coast, and uh, you know they were very, I don't want to say politically correct, but it was very kind of like, and then I came on the scene and kind of flipped it on its head, and and then the ratings took off and became like a pretty big, it was deal, pretty big deal at the time. Yeah.
1: So once all that started to blow up, yeah. did, did comedy, did stand-up take a back seat?
0: No. No, I did stand-up the whole time. I all. never stopped doing yeah. stand-up. Even when I was doing all my films, I never stopped doing stand-up. I mean, I'm a stand-up first. That's who right. I am first. And then the movies and all that other stuff. So
1: so why did you stick with it? Was it the passion for it?
0: Stand-up? Yeah. That's where I'm at, That's where I'm at my happiest. You know, when I'm on stage, it's where I'm at. Not when I'm doing radio interviews. <laughs> <laughs> well, these are fun. I, I, this is my sixth one this morning, so I'm a little burnt out. Well we I'll get some that. sleep and I'll be good on stage tonight. We hope so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, and in fact, it's funny because I, I saw this in my Facebook feed. I think today was the anniversary of Encino Man 26 mm-hmm, years ago. Mm-hmm. That was big.
0: That was a big thing for me. Yeah. yeah, no, it was great. It was, you know, it was one of those things again timing you know hot off of mtv uh disney was doing a movie called encino man jeffrey katzenberg found out about me who was the head of disney at the time through a friend of mine uh peter paterno who ran hollywood records and um uh, and and peter paterno basically introduced me to jeffrey katzenberg and then they re- rewrote encino man for me i rewrote it with the writer Oh, really? Putting all my slang and all my style of comedy within that um, kind of film. And uh, at first they wanted me to play the caveman. And then I was like, hey, I can't do that because cavemans don't speak. <laughs> right. But I, I look like a caveman. So that's probably why they thought that. So then we reworked one of the characters, made him stony. And then uh, from there we got Brendan. And yeah. and that that's what happened there, yeah.
1: Because you were a comedian. You were well known. But you, were, you weren't an actor, were you?
0: I actually was. I, um, you know, every time I come come up to Canada, I remember the first time I ever came up to Canada is I did a, a TV show called 21 Jump Street oh. um, with Johnny Depp. Right. And, and I was in Vancouver, and that was the first time I met Johnny Depp. And I knew then he was going to be a massive star, you know, just by hanging out with him. And he was such a nice guy. And then Richard Grieco came up on the scene. I'm like, oh, we're screwed here. <laughs> no. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I started, I started acting way before. So you'd done acting. Yeah. Yeah. I, my first audition ever was for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So I got up all the way to the end. And obviously Keanu Reeves got the part with Alex.
1: Well, they're going to do but another that was, one, you know? Yeah,
0: that was, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: So, you have the string of hits in the 90s, and then, uh, well, what happened?
0: Um, I'd have to say um, all good things come to an end, you know? It's like I was so hot for so long doing one particular thing, and it was just one of those things that, you know, uh, Sam Kennison had died. That was an effect. I had a girlfriend that killed herself that kind of messed with me. And, um, I had never grown up, you know, I I'd gone from being kind of, uh, cradled by my mom in the comedy store and then right into, you know, MTV and into films. So when I turned 30, my 30th birthday, I actually cried a lot because it was like, I was going from this place of like, you know, from a boy to a man. And I didn't really know how to do that because, you know, my whole life had been kind of like a party and a good time. And, um, and I had fired my agents and my managers after my sitcom got canceled. And I, I did it because I just kind of wanted to be alone. So it was one of those things that, um, you know, it was, it was a dumb, and looking back on it, it was like a dumb mistake because, um, you know, I, I instead of what I should have done is just taken time off You know, when I was on top, you know, I mean, when, after I did the movie In the Army Now, Son-in-Law, all that, that Mm -hmm. was like, I don't want to say my peak, but that was when things were really well and kind of like, you know, should have taken time off. And I didn't, I didn't really think about that. I kind of wanted to just keep working. And instead, you know, you have to be very, very particular about what you choose, you know, when you work on different projects, because you, especially if your name is above the title, you know, it could really kind of, um it could really affect you, even though, you know, if if something doesn't work, you know, it could be the director or the script or the way it was promoted. But if you're the star, then you're to blame, you know, for it. So I just kind of like, it was a combination of a lot of things, you know. So, you know, it wasn't drugs. You know, I didn't like all of a sudden start doing drugs. It was mostly like I needed to go away and I needed to like, you know, I needed to search with inside of me and be like, "Well, who am I?" And to me, I think that's when I became my funniest. Is when I kind of, kind of got yeah. pushed. Like when I did Paulie Shore's Dead and, and all that stuff. To me, that's when I thought like I was appealing to my audience, but I was also I thought appealing to an audience that didn't like my stuff before. You know what I mean? More like self deprecating stuff. So,
1: you mentioned Sam Kinison, comedy legend, but he was really like your mentor, wasn't he? Yeah 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 he was great. What kind of influence did he have on you
0: um i'd have to say sam uh he was just like when i came when I was like fifteen sixteen seventeen years old uh he had just come on the scene in the like the mid eighties and there was nothing like him out right. there, and he was uh, uh you know, not only was his comedy great, you just didn't know what the hell he was going to do. Yeah. you know, and you know he used to go on stage last. My mom used to put him on stage last in the Westwood Comedy Store, and he would uh, like, um, you know, like he'd be he'd like throw chairs at the audience. <laughs> You know what I mean? There'd be like a couple audience members left and he'd be like, get out of my house. And he'd get the chairs and he'd throw it and they'd scamper off. And then he'd come to the back where I was cooking. I was a short order cook and I used to feed him. And then, and then I used to leave the door open for him and he used to sleep on the stage. And that was kind of like my first, you know, encounter with him, you know, taking care of him. And then, you know, I always just, I don't know. He was the guy that I always, you know, would follow around at the club even before he made it, you know, there was just something about him. That was—he's um, was just very generous and very sweet, and and uh, I don't know—he's just very funny and and outrageous, and the fact that he was a preacher, um, you know, in um, in his early early days, I thought really lent lent itself to being a very interesting kind of comic, and it, it you know bringing that style of—I mean, we all have seen preachers. Imagine you preacher slash comic. I mean, it's a pretty cool combination, yeah.
1: Right, so for you, uh, you got an Amazon special right now. You're, you're doing stuff. I mean, you're you're busy. Are you in a Are you in a good place? Are you happy?
0: Yeah, I'm happy. Um, my mom passed away, so that was you know a pretty big yeah, deal right. for me because I was the one that was pretty much taking care of her. So she had Parkinson's for like 15, 20 years. So I kind of lived kind of with that, you know? Um, so she passed, oh, I was like a couple months ago or something. So, you know, that's been kind of a big deal for me, but now that I know she's, she's not in pain and she's just kind of chilling, then I'm okay. And I can move on. And plus she doesn't want, she doesn't want me to be the guy that's like moping over, over her, you know? And I, I know that, you know, now's the time where I got to go out and go back to my roots, you know, which is stand up and stuff. So.
1: Well, polyshore dot com yeah. and uh tonight tomorrow Saturday at the last yeah. shop. Yeah. So you're gonna go chill, you're gonna relax, and uh, you'll be good to go tonight.
0: What about the donuts? There's more. There's more. No, I don't want any more. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want any more donuts.
1: But they're good, aren't
0: they? Yeah, they're pretty nice.
1: I get excited for Thursdays.
0: Yeah. And I also I wanna have a I wanna tell people that I have a podcast out as well that I really enjoy doing. Um it's called Pauly Shore's Random Rants, and it's basically just me on the mic straight to the fans with no, no editing, no music, nothing. It's just me grabbing my audio. I stick a little microphone cube on top of my iPhone, <laughs> no, really? and I just go off on everything. Sometimes it's personal. Sometimes it's sad. Sometimes it's funny, but it's just randomly. I just kind of go off, and I've been enjoying that um, because that helps me kind of get out stuff that's inside of me. It's almost like therapy, you know.
1: Well, it seems suited for you, right? And I mean, you get all these avenues that you didn't have 15 years ago, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And then uh, a lot of stuff on Funny or Die. If you go to that website, I do a lot of uh, stuff. I play different characters on there. And then, like you said, Amazon's got a lot of my 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 title's on there if you go to Amazon. I know uh, Netflix is picking up In the Army now this summer. Um, right oh, Yeah, and then, I don't know. I'm doing it, you know. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that's awesome. Well, have a great weekend, and yeah, really appreciate you coming in here today.
0: It's been great. Yeah, thanks for having me. Doc, doctor? Dr. <laughs> Rob, right? Dr. Rob. Dr. Rob, That's thank right. you. We're signing off from I'll the Dr. Rob. Yeah, yeah, get me a
1: prescription. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Paulie Shore. Uh, he is uh, at The Laugh Shop this weekend, 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, two shows, 7 and 10, Friday and Saturday. More at the laughshopcalgary.com. we got to take a break here. We are back with more right after this.
0: Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.